0: Chapter 11 of Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Catherine E. Mountain Adventures in the Various Countries of the World by John Timms. North Cape Voyage of Joseph of Serby in 1798. We set out for Alton on Monday, the 15th of July, at two o'clock in the afternoon, and we did not arrive at the Cape till the night between the Friday and Saturday following. Three miles from Alten, we passed on our right a mountain, called in Norwegian Himmelkar, or Heaven Man, from which there fell into the sea five or six cascades two or three hundred yards of perpendicular height. Further onward was another grand cataract, where we quenched our thirst. We went up into the mountains to see the place where it had its source, and were surprised to find at their summit very beautiful natural meadows. Still further off we again saw a fine cascade running down from another mountain. All these waterfalls were supplied, no doubt, by the melting of the snow on the distant mountains, which formed, as it were, the background of the picture. The cascade last mentioned was precipitated from a hill, adorned on three sides with a wood of birch, spread in the manner of an amphitheatre, so that it appeared as if it had been planted by the hand of man. In the midst of this pleasure-ground stood a wooden house, covered with turf, and inhabited by a family of fixed Laplanders. I wished to pay them a visit— One of our guides, however, besought me not to go there immediately by myself, but to send him on before me, because, said he, the family will perhaps be frightened at the sight of a stranger of so different an appearance to their own. He went into the house, but found nobody there. It was completely deserted. The family had either gone on a fishing excursion, or were in the mountains tending their reindeer we returned with regret to our boats and it was not without pain that we bade adieu to so charming a prospect which bore a striking resemblance to all that is most romantic and beautiful in the natural scenery of switzerland there was not a breath of wind and our boatmen were much fatigued with rowing in so great a heat in order to give them some respite and to gratify our own curiosity We visited all the laplanders settled on this coast who generally lived at the distance of a norwegian mile or mile and a half from one another abundance and contentment reign in all their dwellings each laplander is the proprietor of the territory around his little mansion to the extent of a norwegian mile or eight english in every direction they have some cows which furnish them with excellent milk and meadowland which yields hay for their fodder in winter they have every one a store of fish dried in the sun not only for their own use but wherewithal to purchase luxuries that is salt oatmeal and some woollen clothes their houses are constructed in the form of tents a hole in the middle which gives them light serves also as an aperture for letting out the smoke of the fire which is always placed in the centre of the cabin and around which they sleep quite close to one another in winter beside the heat of the fire they have the benefit of the animal warmth of the cows with whom they share the shelter of their roof as the inhabitants of scotland do in the highlands and the northern isles the doors of their houses in summer are always open and although in that season there is no night they are accustomed to sleep at the same time as other europeans they not only sleep with their doors wide open but so soundly that it is not easy to rouse them the fact is that they are not to be exposed to any kind of danger or disturbance they are far removed from the anxieties of fear that attend envied possession and the only wild beasts that could possibly give them any alarm or uneasiness are the wolves and bears but these animals never attack houses "'as they procure sufficient nourishment by following the wandering Laplanders with the reindeer. "'In one of the families we visited we witnessed a very tender and affecting scene, "'which convinced us that the sensibility is not banished from those northern latitudes. "'At three o'clock after midnight we entered a cabin, "'in which there were besides the master of the house, his mother, his young wife, and two infant children.' they were fast asleep and we waited for some time that we might awake them gently they all of them lay on the ground which they had covered with the branches and leaves of the fragrant and aromatic birch over these were spread some reindeer skins they slept as the maritime laplanders do in general with their clothes on but these being very large and loose occasion no inconvenience by impeding in any degree the circulation of the blood The wife awoke first and casting her eyes on one of our boatmen whom she knew she was glad to see him and entered into conversation with him in lapanese the husband and his aged mother also awoke soon after but the children continued in their sound sleep the old woman perceiving our laplander burst into a flood of tears the young woman likewise wept so did the boatsman and so by instinctive sympathy did we all without knowing why for a moment we preserved a dead silence when our interpreter having entered the cabin and found us in tears asked and finished the reason of all this sorrow the occasion was this the old woman had seen the boatman about a year before when she was in perfect health but since that time she had been seized by a fit of apoplexy which had totally deprived her of the use of speech After this general emotion had subsided, we asked for some reindeer milk and cheese. Our landlady immediately went out of the cabin and conducted us to the store, which was a little wooden box or shed raised upon beams to a certain height from the ground, that the provisions it contained might not be damaged by the snow of winter. We were astonished at the quality of things this good and provident woman had in her magazine. There was great plenty of dried fish and dried reindeer flesh, cheese and tongues of the reindeer, oatmeal, reindeer skins, fur and woolen clothes, and other articles. Everything bespoke riches and comfort, and what was most remarkable, our kind hostess gave us whatever we wanted in the most liberal manner, and without the least idea of receiving aught in return. On the contrary, "'She persisted in refusing to accept any money when we offered it. "'I have seen few places where the people live in so easy and happy a simplicity "'as in the maritime districts of Lapland. "'We left this cabin to pursue our voyage, "'but after proceeding five or six English miles "'we were obliged by the wind again to land. "'We travelled seven or eight English miles on foot, and found here and there among those mountains delicious spots and valleys enclosed by hills that were covered with birch and some other trees we came at last to a mountain laplander's tent and our curiosity was satisfied this tent was of a conical form and not shaped as tents are in general in the middle was the fire and around the fire sat the laplander's wife a boy who was his son and some inhospitable and surly dogs, which never ceased barking at us all the time we remained near them. Fast by the tent was erected a shed, consisting of five or six sticks or posts, that were fastened to one another near the top, in the same manner as the tent, and covered with skins and pieces of cloth. Under this canopy the Laplanders kept their provision, which were cheese of the reindeer, a small quantity of milk of the same and dried fish a little further on was a rude enclosure or parting made in haste which served as a fold or yard for the reindeer when they were brought together to be milked those animals were not near the tents at the time of our visit they were in the mountains from whence they would not descend till towards night as we did not feel ourselves disposed to ramble about in quest of them at the hazard of losing ourselves among a series of mountains we judged it more advisable to offer some brandy to the laplanders on condition that they would go with their dogs and bring the reindeer home or as near as they could to the tent scarcely had they swallowed the brandy which we had given them as an earnest of more when we heard the shrill barking of the dogs resounding through the mountains The Laplanders told us that the reindeer were coming, and very soon after we beheld a troop of not less than three hundred deer descending from the mountains in a direction toward the tent. We then insisted that they should drive the reindeer within the enclosure near the tent, that we might have an opportunity of seeing and examining them better, and tasting the milk fresh from the does. They did as we desired, but not without great difficulty— because the animals not being accustomed to be shut up in the fold at that hour of the day were unwilling to be confined, and it was not till after repeated efforts that the Laplanders were able at last, with the assistance of the dogs, to compel them to enter. We then had time to view them at our leisure. These poor animals were lean and of a sad and melancholy appearance, their hair hung down and their excessive panting indicated how much they suffered at this season from heat their skins were pierced here and there and ulcerated by the mosquitoes and the eggs of the fly called in Laponese Kerma, which tormented them in the most cruel manner i made a collection of those insects and their eggs intending them as presents for my entomological friends as to the milk which we tasted it is not so good at this time as in winter. In summer it has always a kind of strong or wild taste, and too much of what the French called hot gout. Our guides advised us to return to the boats, and avail ourselves of the favourable breeze that had sprung up for pursuing our voyage, and we took leave of our Laplanders, whose only regret at our departure seemed to be the mortification at the removal of the brandy we passed in our boat the Sun, or sound of whales which was agitated at the same time by the current that sets in here very strong and by the wind which blew contrary to the current whales resort to this strait in great numbers and are as we were told very common in all these seas although we were assured by our mariners that they never passed this strait without seeing eight or ten whales WE WERE SO UNFORTUNATE AS NOT TO GET A SIGHT OF ONE. WE WENT ON SHORE TO THE HOUSE OF A MERCHANT, SITUATED ON THE ISLAND NEAR HAVESUN. THIS WAS PERHAPS THE MOST DISMAL HABITATION ON THE FACE OF THE EARTH. THE WHOLE LAND AROUND IT DID NOT PRODUCE ONE TREE OR SHRUB. NO, NOT SO MUCH AS A BLADE OF GRASS. THERE WAS NOTHING TO BE SEEN BUT NAKED ROCKS the inhabitant of that house had not anything but what he brought from a distance not even fuel the sun for three months of the year is not visible and if during that space of time the atmosphere were not illuminated by the aurora borealis he would be buried in profound darkness dreadful place to live at the only attraction in these abodes is fishing and the love of gain the nearer one approaches to the north cape The more nature seems to frown vegetation dies and leaves behind it nothing but naked rocks proceeding on our voyage we left on our right the strait formed by magyre or bear island of the continent the vast expanse of the frozen ocean opened to our left and we arrived at last at the extremest point of europe known by the name of the north cape exactly at midnight the north cape is an enormous rock which projecting far into the ocean and being exposed to all the fury of the waves and the outrage of tempests crumbles every year more and more into ruins here everything is solitary everything is sterile everything is sad and despondent the shadowy forest no longer adorns the brow of the mountain the singing of the birds which enlivened even the woods of lapland is no longer heard in this scene of desolation the ruggedness of the dark gray rock is not covered by a single shrub the only music is the hoarse murmuring of the waves ever and anon renewing the assaults on the huge masses that oppose them the northern sun creeping at midnight at the distance of five diameters along the horizon and the immeasurable ocean in apparent contact with the skies form the grand outlines in the sublime picture presented to the astonished spectator the incessant cares and pursuits of anxious mortals are recollected as a dream the various forms and energies of animated nature are forgotten the earth is contemplated only in its elements and as constituting a part of the solar system joseph a serbi travels through sweden finland and lapland to the north cape in the years 1798 and 1799 end of section 11